Welcome back to DQP Does Drafty Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where our moms don't gaslight us this much. The sort of questioning, uh, mine, uh, not like this, uh, <laughs> not to this degree, not to this degree. Uh, with me is my co-host Russell. I'm terrified. Uh huh. So is Bo. Uh, we are continuing. August is for a twenty-four with Bo is afraid from twenty twenty-three rated R. Two hours and fifty-nine minutes. Holy shit! Uh, this movie is completely insane, guys. Uh, my synopsis is not going to be complete. Uh. <laughs> Just imagine for a moment that you have awful anxiety. Uh, (laughs) And then one day, literally everything you are terrified about happens for like a week. Like, (laughs) you're supposed to go see your mom. And you aren't particularly happy about having to do that. And you got to get on a plane. That's no fun. And you you go home to get a good night's rest before you get ready to go. And there's some creepy shit that happens. Like nobody's playing any music, but one of your neighbors keeps knocking on your door all night and slipping notes under the door to turn your music down. And then eventually they get so pissed off that they start playing music too. But there was never any music. So you don't sleep and you're just you're just laying awake all night trying to sleep. And then you wake up late and you only have like an hour to get to the the airport and every you, you grab everything you think and you get to your door and then you forgot something. You run back to get it and then you come out and your bag and your keys are gone. And then your your landlord is standing there and you're like, hey, somebody stole my keys. And he's just like, I guess you're fucked. And you're like, <laughs> what? And you start freaking out and your your therapist just gave you this new crazy cool medicine that's supposed to be great, but you have to take it with water and you go back and you go to take it and your water bottle is empty and you turn on the water and like all the water to the building is shut off because you saw your landlord working on it earlier. And then you look across the street and there's a huge pallet of water being displayed in the front window of the, the convenience store across the street, but you don't have your keys. So you go down and you're like, Oh my God, how do I get across there? And there's all these homeless people (laughs) and people fucking attacking each other and just like crazy shit happening in the street. And you're like, okay, I'll, I'll hold the door open with a phone book. So you run across the street to the fucking convenience store and you get a bottle of water and you drink it before you pay for it and you get up there and you try to use your credit card and your credit card is declined and you're like no it's not possible and it's declined four more times and he's like you gotta pay for that or I'm gonna call the p- fucking cops so you hand him a dollar and he's like no it's a dollar seventy nine so you pull the fucking coins that you have in your wallet out and you put them on the desk and he's just like that's not enough and you're like oh my god so you pull some more out of your pocket and he's like no that's thirty more cents and you're like, oh, my God. And you, you look across the street and all the people that were on the street fighting and begging and killing each other are walking into your building because you held the door open with a phone book. And then there's just more and more and more shit every five seconds. It just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And 
you have to sleep outside because everybody magically knew that it was your apartment that was unlocked and they all have a fucking like squatter party in it and there's shit all <laughs> over the walls and blood and everything is broken and you sleep outside and you get woken up by a guy fucking drilling a hole in the remodeling of the building that you're living in. So you go down and you go into your building and like everything is fucked up and there's a dead guy laying in front of your house with a wound on his neck from a fucking brown recluse because there's brown recluses in your building. And you go in and you're like, oh my God, they destroyed my whole fucking house. And you're trying to find something and you like go to buy a new, uh, another fucking plane ticket, but you can't get the plane ticket because your credit card is still declined. And then like, it keeps just getting worse and worse and worse. Every five seconds, you try to call your mom and a guy answers and like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, I'm a UPS guy and I just found this phone and I wouldn't have come in if I, like, I didn't notice the smell and the fucking dogs weren't barking. And you're like, what is, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, well, I found this lady dead in this house. And you're like, what does she look like? And he's like, well, her head is gone. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? And he's like, it's not your mom, bro. I swear you, you must have dialed the wrong number. And that is the, the, the feel of the entire movie. Just that frantic anxiety panic for three fucking hours. And it, and it never makes any more sense than that. <laughs> so Bo is trying to get to his mom's the whole time. He's supposed to be going for the anniversary of his father's death. Uh, which you find out later is the anniversary of his conception. Gross. Uh, which was described in detail to him by his mother. Gross. Uh, when he was 11. When he was 11. Yeah. He gets hit by a car. So, okay. So, he, uh, there's so much shit. Oh, my God. He eventually goes to take a bath. He floods his apartment because all this crazy shit is happening while he's, like, running the fucking bath. And he, he goes to take a bath and he's sitting, he like sits down and relaxes in the bath. And he like, he tries to call his therapist and his therapist doesn't answer. And he's like trying to think of the words to leave a voicemail. And then like shit starts falling into the bathtub from above him. And he looks up and there's a guy like spider manning in the alcove above his tub in between the walls, because there's some for some reason, there's like a relief alcove above his tub that goes higher than the <laughs> ceiling than the rest of the bathroom. And this guy is sweating it because he's been here for probably hours because he's on drugs. And they're just staring at each other like, get out of the way. Oh, my God, what are you doing here? Get out of the way. Oh, my God, what are you doing here? And then a brown <laughs> recluse crawls across the guy's face and he panics and he falls on top of Bo. And Bo freaks out and they almost drown each other. And then he finally gets out and he runs. He just runs. He runs out of his apartment because he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he runs out and he runs through the front door of his fucking or he doesn't run through the front door because it's broken. The people broke it. That's how he got back in after the night of them partying in his, his apartment building. So he runs through the broken glass like he's fucking John McClane. And he runs out into the street butt ass naked because he was in the bath. And. He comes into contact with the birthday man stabber. I don't remember what they call them on the news, but there's a guy that runs around twirling his dick and stabbing people. 
in in New York City, I'm assuming is where he lives. Yeah. Uh, in his neighborhood, and he's killed 28 people, and they haven't <laughs> fucking caught this guy that just is like a crazy fucking homeless dude running around with no clothes, stabbing people, random people. This guy tries to kill him. He runs away. He runs into a cop. The cop's like, oh, my God, you're the birthday man stabber. He's like, no, 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 he's behind me. He's like, no, oh, my God, don't make me shoot you. And he's like, I wouldn't. I have my hands up. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, don't make me do it, man. Don't make me do it. So then that guy was going to shoot him. Yeah. And he turns around and he runs and he runs into the stabber. But he also gets hit by a fucking van. And then he wakes up in a little girl's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> and he's hooked up to an IV and he's all like patched up and you find out that the birthday man stabber stabbed the fuck out of him but didn't kill him and he was taken in by a surgeon and his wife he didn't go to a hospital they just put him in their van and took him that's yeah. not weird yeah and then he finds out he has an ankle monitor on and they're like oh yeah it's like to monitor your vital, vital signs it's fine no big deal uh-huh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> then he finds out that he's staying in a their daughter's bedroom and their son was in the army and died in Caracas. And they also yep. have one of his war buddies living in a uh silver bullet outside in the yard. Yep. And he's crazy. Yep. And they just keep pumping him full of meds. And he's like, I got to get to, he like finds out that his mom really did die. Supposedly. Uh, and he, <laughs> he talks to, he talks to her lawyer. Who's a huge piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, where the fuck have you been? You're just now finding out about this. This is bullshit. You need to get here so we can bury her. And, uh, Oh my God. Uh, he finds out that the girl is completely psycho and the parents are also crazy because the wife keeps telling him to not talk because he's incriminating himself and he's like of what and the dad is like oh we'll take you to, to your mom's funeral bud and then we'll come back here and we'll be a happy family and he's yeah. like not thinking that's weird for some reason yeah uh, but he's like, okay, well, we need to, I need to go now. And he's like, oh, no, not today. We got stuff to do today. We'll go tomorrow. Then tomorrow comes. We can't go today. We got stuff to do today. We'll go tomorrow. He's like, I gotta go. <laughs> and then he also has an anklet on. And, huh? He also has an anklet on. Yeah, I said the. Oh, did you? I didn't catch it in the frantic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I lost my steam. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and like the, both the parents leave and he's left with the daughter and the daughter is also insane. And she like, uh, she's like, I'm supposed to take you. And they end up just like going for a drive around the neighborhood and they get, they get bow high and Bo's like, we just keep going in circles. Take me home. And then they go back to the house and he's like, what the fuck? And then she freaks out because she was mad at him for taking her room. So then he's trying to sleep on the couch and she's mad at him for sleeping on the couch and not in her room. And then like the parents come home and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to bed. And then the parents the, the next morning, 
the guy, the the war buddy, like almost attacks him, but he doesn't get to him because the girl, <laughs> the girl's like trying to turn him against, uh, turn the war, the battle buddy against against Bo, and uh, then she, like the dad's like, oh yeah, well let's have a pre leaving barbecue. <laughs> so I'm gonna go start up the grill. It's like what? We need to leave. And the mom tells him to check the the TV on channel 78 and he finds this is like the movie's already wild and like unbelievable that all of this stuff is actually happening. But then it like gets real weird for a second. Yeah. She's like, check channel 78. So he checks channel 78 and it's a camera of the room that yeah. he's in. And he's like, what the fuck? And he finds the camera and he's like, okay. So he rewinds it and it goes back a little ways. And then he's like, pauses it. And then he fast forwards and he fast forwards past where he is in his yeah. own story. And it shows some stuff that happens later. And you're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and then the, the little girl comes in, Tony, she's not little. She's like in high school. She can drive. She's like at least 16, I think. But she's, I think she's still in high school. Yeah. Um, so she comes in and she's like, hey, we got to go paint my brother's room because, you know, the mom keeps the, the dead brother's room as a shrine. So yeah. it's not changed since he left. Yeah. Uh, so she goes up there and she opens up these cans of paint and she's like, let's fuck this room up. And she's like, and Bo's like, no, what? I'm not doing that. Your mom keeps this room so clean. I don't want to mess that up. And she gets pissed at Bo and drinks a gallon of paint and dies. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. There's been multiple deaths already. And then she dies. And you're like, what the fuck? And the mom fle- flips the fuck out. And is like, you did this. And she tells the battle buddy to get him. Fucking tear him apart. Rip him apart. Yeah. What's the guy's name? I need to know what that guy's name is. Uh, Let's see. Jeeves. So Jeeves is the battle buddy. Uh, so, so Grace, played by Amy Ryan, sets Jeeves, played by Dennis Menoshe, on Bo, who's played by Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, oh, and her husband is Nathan Lane. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Now, the mom is Holly from The Office. Yeah. You've watched The Office. Yeah. She's also the... I'm not going to spoil it. She's in the first season of... Uh, of... Uh, what the fuck was that show? The murder podcast show. Oh, uh, Mur- only, only murders, murders in, in the, the building. building. Yeah. Um, it's a good show. Season three of that comes out soon. Yep. Um, so, uh, he runs away and, uh, Jeeves is chasing him and he runs into, I mean, he runs into like a log and gets knocked out for a while and then it's nighttime. He keeps having these moments where it just like switches from day to night. Yeah. Or day night to day where he just like stands there, gets knocked out and it's just suddenly the, the next day or whatever. Um, so he wakes up and he is like looking around the forest and he runs into this like girl in a medieval dress with a lantern. <laughs> And she's pregnant. <laughs> and she's like, what? And he's like, hey, help me. So she helps him. And she takes him to her weird 
like traveling theater, theater troupe that is also <laughs> homeless, but sort of like a a commune of of like it feels like a ren fair. Yeah. Uh, but they go to a f- place in a forest and they put on a show and then they move on. Weird traveling bards. Uh, It'd be a good life. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, you're welcome to stay with us. And they're being weird and stuff. And then uh, they like give him a change of clothes and uh, they. W- Tell him he can watch the show. So he starts watching the show, but then he like inserts himself into the show in his own head. And then there's a long trippy sequence of him, like telling his, the story of his life, but it's not the story of his life. It's like the Iliad. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like what the, like what the fuck is happening? It's like a fucking Greek tragedy. And it has, it has a little bit to do with the story that actually happens, but not really at all like he has a bunch of kids and then he gets separated from his kids and his wife by a flood and then he spends the rest of his life searching for them and he doesn't find them until he's almost dead and then when he does find his sons his wife isn't there and he's talking to them about his family and he explains how his dad died during conception because he has a genetic thing that Bo also has so that's why he's never had sex and then they're like well then how did you have us and then he gets confused, and then he realizes that he made all that shit up, and he was watching a totally different play. Yes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that's when Jeeves shows up and throws a fucking hand grenade and blows up like ten people. <laughs> yep. And he has, like, a fucking MP5 with the unlimited ammo glitch turned on, and he shoots a <laughs> bunch of people and is chasing fucking... Bo and somebody knocks him down and he like shoots the fuck out of himself and you think Jeeves is dead. So uh Bo keeps running and he finds a road and he like asks for he's like hitchhikes and a guy drives him all the way to uh his mom's house. Yeah. So he gets to his mom's house and the funeral already happened, everybody's leaving. And he goes into the house and it's a fucking crazy ass house. And like earlier you had found out that there was some past stuff like his mom. There's like some parts where his mom is like really nice and cool. And then there's some parts where she's sort of abusive. And then there's like all this stuff about her being like this huge CEO tycoon. And then there's stuff about this girl that he met on a cruise that uh, he like fell in love with and she told him to wait for her and she was ripped away by her also crazy mom. Yeah. Um, and at some point he's watching uh, while he's at, uh, uh, Grayson Rogers house, he's watching the news about his mom, uh, on, uh, Tony, the little girls, uh, on Tony's, uh, laptop. And he sees Elaine, uh, as an adult who's played by Parker Posey. um, who is the girl that he fell in love with on the cruise and he had never seen her again. Yeah. And she's acting like she worked for his mom and he just like throws up automatically onto the fucking computer as Tony walks in. Yeah. But like all this stuff happened. Uh, so he goes into the house and like, it's a really crazy, awesome house. And they they just 
have like it's an open casket with a body with no head. Yeah. Um, but if you look closely, and I noticed this when I watched it, but I didn't know what the significance was later until yeah. later. Yeah. They have the hands folded on top, and you can see underneath the first hand, there's like a big red splotch on the hand. Yeah. Um, so he's like just hanging out in the house, nobody there. He falls asleep on the couch, and then he wakes up to somebody calling out, being like, Hello, is there anybody here? And he comes out, and it's Elaine. And she's like, I'm sorry, I thought it was at 8 p.m. Which, what fucking, <laughs> who has a funeral at 8 p.m.? She's full of shit. She didn't want to be there. And she doesn't recognize him at first. And she's just like, I'm going to go. And he never says anything because he's like huge. You know, he has all this anxiety, but he also is like socially awkward and yeah. just like in general kind of spineless. Yeah. Um, and kind of slow, like not like stupid, but like he just is very slow to like make decisions and like speak up and stuff. Yeah. Just generally like shy, awkward, all this stuff. So, uh, he goes up after her cause she's like, Oh, I guess I'm just gonna, I'm going to go get an Uber and leave. I'll leave these flowers here. Uh, so he comes out and he's like, Elaine. And she's like, yeah. And he's like, it's Bo. And she finally realizes who he is. And she's like, Oh my God. And they talk and it's kind of like insincere on her end. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Super uh, weird. It's super weird and awkward. And he's like, I waited for you. And she's like, what? And he's like, I have it in writing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, so uh, she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I wanted you to. And then he kisses her and then she kisses him. And it's like, we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> and and like. I want you to remember, Bo's through, been through a lot and has not, like, showered or been properly taken care of for the last week. Yeah. So he's just, like, he's, like, covered in sores and cuts and, like, has a stab wound and in his side and, like, his hand is all torn up and shit. Yeah. And she's like, oh, yeah, okay, let's go up to the bedroom. He's like, okay. <laughs> so they go up to the bedroom and she's like why don't you go to the bathroom and like get ready and uh, come out and I'll be ready in his mom's bedroom so he goes into the bathroom and he's like I don't what am I doing <laughs> and he like starts to take his shirt off and he's like wait no do I no and then he comes out and she's like she's like just in a skirt and a bra and he's like still wearing all his clothes and she's like what are you doing get undressed and he's like, oh, yeah, duh. And he like runs out and then he comes back with and just like his boxers. But he like backs into the bed because he's like all fucked up on the front. Yeah. <laughs> and he like dives under the covers. Uh, and then they have a weird, awkward sex scene. Uh, <laughs> and there's a part that I left out until just now. <laughs> but there's something wrong with Bo's balls. <laughs> <laughs> Like they're 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 each the size of like a big grapefruit, probably. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't say anything about him, which is wild, wild. But like it shows from like the foot of the bed, and it looks like she's sitting on a weird pillow, like a weird skin covered hairy pillow. Like <laughs> they're <laughs> fucking enormous. Uh, and like they have sex, and she puts a condom on him. 
and he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I'm going to die. Like, <laughs> if I come, I'm going to die because that's what, like, his mom told him that his dad had a heart murmur and that he has one, too. Yeah. And that if he has sex and comes, he's going to die. He's going to yeah. have, like, a, a this excruciating heart event that's going to kill him. And she's, like, not listening to him. It's, it's, I mean, after she puts it in, it's basically rape at this point because he's like, yeah. wait, no, 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 stop. Yeah. And uh, so he, like, gets off and there's a really weird, like, like, you blew through the back. There was so much. There was so much. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, my God, I didn't die. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. Hold on. I didn't get off. <laughs> so then she keeps riding him. And he's like, like, he's like not looking at her, not paying attention. And he's like talking about like how he thought he was going to die his whole life. And that this was um, awesome and amazing. And like, he can have sex and all this stuff. And then she just like, isn't talking or making any noise anymore. And yeah. then he looks up and she has had the heart event <laughs> and has died <laughs> and is already in full rigor mortis. Like what the <laughs> fuck is happening? <laughs> And he like pushes her fucking rigor mortis dead body with like blown out eyeballs off of him. And she like falls like a fucking log on the floor. Like the sound of it is awful. And he rolls off the other side of the bed and then his mom starts talking and you're like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And it turns out that she's not dead. She, she faked her death. Uh, and she just watched her son have sex with a lady that died on top of him in her bed. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And then they have a conversation about how he's a piece of shit because he never reciprocates her love. And it was so hard for her to hear her love him. And uh, she tells these two people that show up, these two like, uh, uh, one looks like a bodyguard. He's wearing a gun on a shoulder holster and the other yeah. one's a maid and they like carry the body away. She's like, clean this up and go feed Harry, which Harry is his dad's name. Uh, oh yeah. Her, yeah, his yeah. dad is supposed to be dead, but he had had inklings that his dad wasn't dead. And then he met the guy that played death in uh supernatural. The first few seasons of supernatural, uh, Julian Richings. um, at the the traveling bards show and he was blown up by the grenade but he had told him that his dad wasn't dead yeah and he thought that richings was his dad but he he told him that he wasn't he was like yeah i am the son of a lady that worked for your mom and like took care of your dad and like he's not dead he's still alive yeah um but that guy dies uh earlier so he's talking to his mom and she's like, oh yeah, well, I have proof that you hate me. And he's like, what are you talking about? And his therapist comes out <laughs> and he's like, what the fuck? And she starts playing videos or uh, audio from his fucking therapy sessions. And she's listened to all of them. And it's just like stuff about, weird shit that she did to him and she like just is like laying into him about it was all his fault just gaslighting the fuck out of him yeah because he's a kid he was a kid you can't 
blame him for anything that he did. Yeah. Like up to a point, he never did anything like psychopathic shit, any sociopathic shit. He was just being a kid. So she's obviously fucking crazy, but like this whole situation is like, like it's all impossible. Like none of it makes any sense. Um, and then he's like, I just want the truth, mom. Like, so she's like, you want the truth? Cause he talks about this dream that he has Yeah, where there was him and like all of his bravery was manifesting as another him. Yeah. And she like locks the other him, his bravery in the attic. Yeah. And she's like, okay, follow me. I'll tell, I'll tell you totally the truth. So he goes and he finds she shows him the room from his dream that has the drop down ladder to the attic. And he's like, what the fuck? This is from my dream. And she's like, go up there. I'll be right behind you. And like, as he goes up the ladder, she's like, you dumb fuck. It wasn't a dream. It was a memory. (laughs) And she closes it behind him. And he's like, what? What? And up there. Oh, my God. (laughs) Up there is another him that is emaciated. And obviously has been like locked up there for years. Yeah. And is chained to the floor. But that's not the weird part. (laughs) The weird part is that apparently his dad, maybe, is up there. (laughs) But it's not a person. It's a giant fucking penis monster. (laughs) With like balls the size of fucking VW Bugs. And it has like fucking starship <laughs> trooper bug legs that are like ending like the sharp fucking feet like the goddamn bugs. And he's like, what the fuck? But he has no time to react because there's suddenly an alarm and Jeeves is standing outside the window. Jeeves, the battle buddy. Of Nathan, who died, who was the son of Grayson Roger, has come to exact his revenge on Bo. And he breaks in and he throws a throwing knife at Bo. And the only lucky thing that has ever happened to Bo in this whole fucking movie is that he doesn't get hit with the blade. He gets hit with the flat end with the handle and it knocks him down. And Jeeves attacks the penis monster, stabbing it repeatedly with a huge knife in both of its balls. <laughs> and it's screaming out in pain before it skewers Jeeves in the head with one of its creepy ass bug legs. <laughs> what the fuck? And then. And then. Bo falls down the ladder. Back into reality, hopefully. Uh, oh, no, not yet. Uh, not ever. Um, and he is confronted by his mother again. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You didn't need to know that. And she's like really weird and loving and supporting. And like, he gets dragged out by his therapist into this other room. And then she turns the switch and gets a fucking back on his ass again. Yeah. And he gets up. And she's like, stand up, because he's like kissing her feet and asking for forgiveness and shit. She's like, no, fuck you. You don't deserve it. And she just lays into him, lays into him, keeps pouring it on, pouring it on. And he finally snaps and has had enough. And he grabs her by the throat and he's choking her. He's choking her and choking her. 
and then he lets go because he's a bitch. <laughs> and then she's just standing there, like shocked. And he's like, "Mom, mommy, are you okay? Mommy, mom, mommy, say something." Then she takes a huge breath in, but it's all raggedy and shit because he crushed her larynx. And she turns around and falls into an aquarium. I don't know. I was kind of thinking that it was going to be full of fucking more brown recluses, but there wasn't anything in it that we saw that I saw anyway. I don't think I've seen anything. It was like a like a dry aquarium. Yeah, but she like falls into it like completely her whole body into it, not just like falls in with her head and breaks the side. She like folds up and lays inside. It. <laughs> uh, so he's like, okay, I'm gonna leave now. So he like runs out of the house. And he runs to the shore because, like, it's on a lake or something. And he gets in a fucking uh, little motorboat and turns on the prop and he's riding it out. And there's a big rock island in the middle of the lake or something. Yeah. And it has a cave and he goes into the cave and the cave looks like it's a tunnel. And he goes through and he comes comes out. It looks like he comes out the other side. And then all of a sudden his boat just stops. And then it's like rocking back and forth and shaking. Yeah. And the weirdest scene maybe maybe less weird than the penis monster but maybe not <laughs> happens <laughs> his boat looks like it's shaking like it's a ride malfunctioning and then the lights turn on and you're in a coliseum and the seats are full and completely surrounding him except for the the tunnel he just came through and you're like, what in the fuck is happening? <laughs> and he is then put on trial <laughs> by his mother's lawyer and her mother. His mother is there alive. And the lawyer is played by Richard Kind. His name is Dr. Cohen. And he starts listing off why Bo is guilty. And it's just like talking about this weird past shit. That was just kid stuff. Yeah. And he has a defense attorney, but it's like, uh, I know this has been used in something else where the defense attorney is like mistreated and shit. Yeah. Uh, but his defense attorney doesn't have a microphone. He like, when he's yelling, it like doesn't echo and reverberate through the building. Like it does when, uh, Cohen is yelling. Yeah. And then eventually like he starts like trying to put up an argument and somebody like security comes up from behind him and like throws him over the edge and he dashes upon the rocks. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> and they basically like just come down with the verdict that he's guilty and he's like stuck in this boat and he can't move. He like tries to stand, but his, his feet have like sunken into the boat and the boat is still rocking and the fucking motor is starting to blow up. And then it's like he gives up and then the boat just capsizes like super fast. Like it got attacked by a shark and then everybody just starts leaving and then it, the credits roll for like f seven minutes. <laughs> and you watch the entire crowd leave and all the bubbling and gargling and the boat moving stop. And that's the end of the movie. <laughs> I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> I hate it. 
I hate it so much. <laughs> I know, bud. <laughs> Let me talk about what I like about this movie. I love the entire cast of this movie. Yeah. The entire cast of this movie is fantastic. And yeah. I also think they do a really good job acting in it. I also think it's shot really well. And it gets across like the feelings that I think it's trying to do. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually going to rate this way higher than me saying that I fucking hate this movie <laughs> is putting across. Um, but this movie was not made for me. Um, the idea of every anxious thing that you think about happening is like a f- is literally a nightmare. Uh, like I have some anxiety. It's nothing like what Bo has in this movie. It's not anywhere near that debilitating, but it is like, I do have some anxiety and stuff, but like if everything that I thought of that could kill, like that is like the worst part of my brain, my brain is like, if I'm not thinking about something else or being entertained and then like, I'm just like sitting in my own thoughts, like that is what would like, I would die in like five minutes if the stuff that I think about (laughs) happened, like it would be terrible. Yeah. Like I could not have, I couldn't be Legion. Like the world would end immediately (laughs) if I were Legion. Okay. There's your comic book references. Um, but like, uh, I think it's shot really well. I think the acting is really good. I think they portrayed the feelings that they wanted. Um, I think in general, like the dialogue and stuff was interesting or funny. Um, the only reason it felt like it was three hours or more to me was because it was just like fucking panic inducing. <laughs> It was either panic inducing or I was just like, what in the fuck is happening? Is this real? Or is he like, just like on a fucking trip? But it, and then I'll and like in that same thought, I get to what I don't like about the movie. It very effectively put across the emotions that it was trying to portray. And I don't want to feel those things. I actively avoid feeling those things. Um, but also like the, the I like movies that have a plot that makes sense and not necessarily just in an examination of an emotion. Yeah. Or like uh something that happened to a person. Like I, I like movies that have a story to tell that, you know, follows an act structure and stuff like that. I'm not I this is not this was not in any way made for me. Yeah. And that is why I hate it. Yeah. I I understand you hating this movie. I don't hate this movie. Sure. I don't really know how I feel about this movie. I'm going to have to watch it again. Ugh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I kind of want to watch it again. Like I said before, there's only one part I'm going to watch again. Um, so I do guess what I'm talking about. I think the, I think the movie is very interesting. I think, I think it was very, I think it was put together with a lot of thought and it, 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 I agree with you very strongly that it does very much get across what it wants to portray. 
Um, I think there's a lot of like mother's guilt type thing going on. I mean, obviously like that's kind of the obvious one. I I think at the beginning he's dealing with like some agoraphobia. Um, definitely. Cause I, I don't know if I've talked about it a whole lot on the show, but, uh, diagnosed with acute agoraphobia, uh, myself. Really? Um, yeah. Um, it does feel like that going outside sometimes. Like, I know that's a wild, the movie is a wild exaggeration of it. Like, but there are lots of times where I have to check behind the bushes of the house when I walk out the front door. No, I have that. (laughs) I have that a little bit, but like, I don't think it's, like I said, I don't, I, I have like some of the thoughts that were in this movie, but then not nearly to the extent that they are portrayed in this movie. Yeah. Which, uh, so my description, uh, when I was seeing my psychiatrist, the way I explained it to him was if I just think about leaving the house, it's not a super big deal. But when I touch the doorknob, sometimes I decide to stay home. And there, there was more, it was a longer conversation than that. Um, yeah. But so like that, that's an interesting, so the whole beginning, I was super drawn into it because like, that is what, you know, I, I get, I'm a homebody person. Like I yeah, love to be too. at home and that's cause I know what's going on. I know where everything's at. I, yes. you know, feel safe. Like if I go out in public, there is an immediate disposal of any feelings of safety, yes. like no matter where I go. Um, and so there, the beginning I thought did really good. Like, and even if he doesn't have agoraphobia, like, just his level of anxiety his, like ends up presenting as yeah agoraphobia because like he's just anxious about everything. Yeah. And so I think that was I thought the I thought the beginning was very interesting. And then him like waking up in some random person's house was fucking Fuck nuts. That <laughs> yeah. So um so like there's there there's areas of the movie that I related to very well and like the the phone conversation that he has with his mom where he's like hey I'm not going to be able and he's still at home and he's like hey I don't, I'm, I I'm like letting you know what's going on doesn't even say that he's not coming yeah and she's just like oh okay I get it and he's like well no what do you mean what do you get like what should I do yeah and like he is a very indecisive person like all of this happens to him. Like there's no, he doesn't like instigate anything. Yeah. The, the, the closest he gets is when he goes to get the water, but like when he goes to get the water, remember his, his doctor told him you have to take water with this medication. Yeah. And then he looked it up on, I am on, on uh, WebMD, and (laughs) WebMD told him he was going to die because that's what WebMD does. Yeah. And he was like, Oh my God, I need water. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I do think primarily like his, he's, he suffers from a lot of anxiety to the point to where it's like ho- induces hallucinations. Cause like most of the movie, so all of the movie is like from his perspective. Cause he's in, he's in every, every scene. scene yeah. And most of the scenes that are new open with what he sees and then if he's already been in that area, it opens with his eyes. And so I thought those were interesting choices to make throughout the movie. 
to kind of put you in his seat and in his perspective, which I think also helps all of the panic and anxiety inducing that it does. Um, so I think he's like, everything we're seeing is like how he feels like not everything we're seeing is happening. I think it's just the whole movie is like, this is how this guy feels, which I I think is, is an interesting choice. Um, and there, there, there are things that I didn't like about the movie. Uh, I don't understand the ball thing, and I don't understand the penis monster thing. Um, but I like the his mom being like, "This is how your dad died. You should never have sex." Like, yeah, that was an interesting aspect to the movie, and like how he went about living his life based on like a a a, a small story his mom told him. And so I thought that that was interesting because like, you see that, you see that happen a lot. Like it, you know, parental biasness, like mm. you learn something from your parents. You think that it's the truth or you think that it is the most, uh, the most present information. And then, so yeah. people go out and they live their lives based on those things. And then later you find out that they're not true. And it's like a whole turnabout for your entire life sometimes. Yeah. And so I thought that was an interesting way to represent that idea <clears throat> was through the guise of sex. And then I also get these weird, like, like I thought his mom was before she starts telling him the story. I thought his mom was going to fuck him. Uh huh. Cause it was like super weird and creepy. Yep. And that actress is great at being creepy. <laughs> uh huh. Um, so, but then it went the complete opposite direction and I was like, Whoa, okay. You yeah. 100% caught me off guard. I love being caught off guard, but so that those there's, there's so many interesting dynamics and intricacies, I think to the movie that there's no way I can not watch it again. Mm. Um, but that's kind of like a lot of my takeaway, but like the, the balls thing and the penis monster thing really threw me off because yeah, it feels more like a joke. Yes. And it's like, so I didn't really get that. Cause like the balls thing was amusing, but then the penis monster thing felt too far. I, that was just insane. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> kind of out of left field and just like, <laughs> look, penis yeah. monster. Yeah. And I love a weird movie. I'm all about a weird fucking movie. And this movie is nothing if not weird. Um, but other than, other than that, there wasn't really anything that I just like actively didn't like about the movie. Yeah. I mean, I, go ahead. I would have, if there would have been some sort of explanation, Specifically, just regarding his giant testicles and the giant penis monster thing, like that's where I needed confirmation that this wasn't real. Yeah, like at some point, it could have been the very end. Like, oh, this is all, yeah. like you know, somebody's on the shore. We're seeing the hallucination at the end, and then yeah. it pans out, and the only time you're not in Bo's perspective, somebody's on the shore watching this guy, just like stare off into space while he thinks all this thing is happening around him. Yeah. Like or that, he like wakes, but wakes up back at his apartment or 
Yeah. Oh my God. His day starts over. Yeah. And the movie plays again. It's actually a six hour movie. Fuck you. <laughs> Not going through that again. Um, but yeah, something like I, I would have been okay with the, with the ridiculously ambiguous ending. If they wouldn't have done the weird balls and penis monster thing. But that wasn't the, the, the balls and penis monster weren't what really threw me that much. Like they definitely threw me, but like I was already done like a long time ago. Cause it's like, it's just impossible for all this bad shit to happen to one person in a week. Right. Yeah. Basically like you get assaulted multiple times by like random crazy people. You accidentally, somebody steals your shit. You accidentally let some people into your building and like, they all just go to your room and fucking destroy it. Like, um, you get hit by a, a car while you're getting assaulted or after you get you, after you get hit by a car, you get stabbed by the serial killer that you saw in the news earlier. And, uh, the people that hit you with their car take you to their house because really they're like also insane. Maybe serial killers or just like weird people that like kidnap people and try to replace their son with them or some shit <laughs> and have access to fucking ankle monitors that also have a taser function. Uh, like it's just impossible for all this crazy shit to happen to one guy. Right. Yeah. And I just, I needed some explanation of what the fuck was happening. And even if that was literally just like him waking up in a fucking hospital bed in the end and like, you know, maybe the beginning was real or maybe he's been in a fucking asylum the whole time or, or it's fucking Dallas and he wakes up next to a lane and they get up and like make coffee and their kids come downstairs. And he's like, I had the craziest fucking dream last night. <laughs> and then he like, and then you could also like tie it in and maybe be like, was it a dream? Yeah. And he like does a pose and lifts his Lexapro bottle. And like, and then it's like, it was a commercial for his mom's <laughs> fucking, uh, pharm- pharmacology, uh, business. Yeah. Um, you know, you could do a lot that would make this, that would like tie this up in a bow. And I just like, they didn't, they just were like, let's just end with the fucking like weird. What the fuck thing. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I didn't like that. And I, I still wouldn't have liked it if it had one of those endings, but I feel like I would have liked it more. I wouldn't have hated it. I would have been yeah. like, that was fucking weird and fucked up and I wasn't into it, but like what a ride. Yeah. And right now I'm like, this was literally just like a drive of through hell, uh, <laughs> a drive through hell for no reason. And it never went anywhere. Like he didn't get real answers because his, his dad isn't actually a penis monster. Like, yeah, <laughs> his bravery wasn't actually locked up in that fucking attic. Like all this weird shit. That's like, Oh, what? Yeah, it, it and, was very unfulfilling. And I thought we were going to get like, I feel like we did kind of get an explanation. It's just very obscure because like when he walks through his mom's house, he sees all the stuff on the walls. Yeah. And it's almost I thought we were going to get like a Kaiser Soze moment out of usual suspects. Yeah. Because like it 
it almost feels like that. And his apartment building is one of the pictures on the wall yep. that theoretically is owned by his mom's company. Yeah. Along and he with, was the model in all of the early pharma- pharmaceutical uh, ads that are on the wall too. Yeah. As a child. And so like, was he also the test monkey for all of those? Right. Like, cause like there, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe like that's, that's why he's all fucked up. Other aside from like all of the trauma his mom gave him. Yeah. But so then it, it, it does show this like weird, like cycle of, it's almost like the Truman show, but it's his mom. It was like the network. Mm-hmm. And she's orchestrated everything in his life. Yeah, because you see the picture that's like the uh, the collage of all the people that work for her. Yeah, the collage, and it like makes her face. But then he like gets close and looks at it, and like all the people that were have been in the movie are are employees of her company. Yeah, and he doesn't and, even question it. He's just like looks at it, and like uh, Roger and Grace are on there, and like the uh, the tattooed bum that like chases him into the building and then later is the one that gets like bit by the brown recluse yeah and like uh jeeves and like everybody everybody was a a employee of hers yeah so like it was like it was like it was like a weird fucking truman show like we're fucking with him and to see if this new drug that we gave him at the beginning that he didn't take right works yeah but like they didn't say that yeah, and they it, they, I'm like they in like the, it was insufficient evidence to show you that you know, uh, and it was just it and like all the stuff that was happening after that was too weird to to fit into that. Yeah. So like the plots were all like the there were like seeds of these plots that could have made the movie better in my opinion. Yeah, um, that were like just like look at this weird thing and then yeah. abandoned. Yeah, yeah, I. I like I agree with that. So I think I think there could have been I I would have wanted something a little bit more concrete. Like I don't care like being ambiguous is fine, but this is fucking too much the, to be ambiguous. Yeah, this is like probably the most ambiguous movie I've ever seen. Yeah. Like cuz it's too much too much shit happens to take it on credit. Yeah. But that's why I hated it. Yeah. I think it's... And I, I understand that. I think it's good if you're okay with it, just not not having, like, a satisfying re- resolution or, like, a satisfying plot. Like, I think it's good. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, but, like, that is stuff that I love about movies, and it was not present in this movie, and it, and it also was just, like, everything I don't want as far as, like, forcing you to feel emotions. Like... I don't want to feel anxiety or panic. That is what I use entertainment to escape. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know that I ever talked about this on the show. Like there was a while where I was having pretty regular panic attacks and I never saw anybody about it. And I don't know. I don't remember how the fuck I got over it, but like I, I didn't go watch movies in theaters because I would just like have a panic attack during the movie. And it wasn't because of the movie or anything. I was just like being in the theater, something about being in a theater and then, like, I would do it just randomly, just, like, randomly have a mm-hmm. panic attack. And, like, I got over it at some point, and I have no idea what I did or, yeah. know, like, probably happen again if I run across whatever the fuck triggered that. But it happened for, like, a couple years. Yeah. I would just have them. That's interesting. And, and like, 
this was not fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's pretty much like that. That's pretty much what Shane and I have concluded from the movie. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to go to the trivia corner? Do you want to get sequestered to the trivia attic with our penis dads? I acquiesced. Oh, mom shut the fucking door behind us. Welcome to Shane's trivia attic. (laughs) Where the point of this attic is for me to read something to you and you to say. Balls. Yeah. Uni also works. Um, <laughs> on April 1st, 2023, Ari Aster and A24 pulled what was characterized as an April Fool's prank on a movie audience at New York's Alamo Draft House. Though they had purchased tickets for a special showing of the director's cut of Aster's 2019 horror film Midsummer, Aster instead screened an unannounced preview of Bo is Afraid about a month before its actual opening date. This fucking guy would. Yeah. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Uh, The film was initially described by director and writer Ari Aster as a four hour long nightmare comedy. The runtime of the theatrical cut runs just one minute shy of three hours. I want the other hour. I don't. I know you don't, but I do. Did you know that Joaquin Phoenix is fucking nuts? Yes. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix had sharpened pins installed in his bandage hand, bandaged hand to poke him painfully if he used it. To also simulate the torso injuries he had, he had put paper binding clips clamped to his stomach to help facilitate a realistic limp. <laughs> what a fucking psycho. There's only like these four, by the way, or five. Oh. Yeah, not a lot of trivia here. Uh, So I got two more. Uh, The movie was speculated to be an expansion of a short film entitled Bo from 2011, as well as a theatrical adaptation of a leaked 2014 draft script, also entitled Bo is Afraid, both directed and written respectively by Ari Aster. This was later confirmed as many scenes presented in the trailer for the film coincided with the portions from the leaked script. Interesting. Last one. In the beginning of the movie, the logo for fictional Mona Wasserman Corporation is shown after the distributed distribution and production company logos. I was not paying attention yet. What? Yeah. That's the explanation. It's she made the movie. Yeah. It's a movie about her son being crazy so but she it, can discredit him. Yeah. So she can write him out of the will. Yep. Well, that's been <laughs> Shane's Trivia Attic. Balls. <laughs> there you go. All right, let's rate this movie. I personally want to give it a one. <laughs> but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna because it, it was actually very well done. I just hate it. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Uh... Like I said, it it is nightmare fuel for me. Um, not the weird parts, just the anxiety parts. Like the beginning is worse than a lot of the rest of it. Like living in that city, 
and like everything that he like the invasion of privacy, like people taking over his room and shit. Yeah. That fucking freaks me the fuck out. Like people going through my shit and destroying my shit and I can't do anything about it is fucking no. Yeah. I hated that. Yeah. Um while it's like the panic inducing like him watching the people flow in while he's like trying to pay this fucking prick of a of a salesman at the uh at the convenience store was also fuck like I have a weird anxiety about like being the first person in line like and holding up the and line holding up the line yeah. that thing like i definitely have that and like that whole thing like i was just like no no um and like there was a lot of like you know i put my uh, and you guys probably know this if you've been listening to the show for a while like i put myself in the place of the main character yeah so when the main character is like fucking stupid or like too cowardly <laughs> to do a thing that they need to do or like just doesn't know somehow to do the thing that's obvious that they need to do. And it like, it just pisses me off. It's not fun for me. Yeah. Um, and like, sometimes it's okay. Cause like, that's like horror movies. Like I'm like, yeah, they're going to be dumb and they're going to do dumb shit. Uh, even if they're fucking written to, to do And like, I might get, come down on it if they're like, this guy's a fucking like, a war veteran and he's awesome and then he gets killed by a stupid trick or some dumb shit happens and not like you know a subversion of his uh masculinity or of his arrogance at being a badass or something like that that would actually be cool um then i'll like deduct points but like the whole movie i was just like god damn it fucking do something <laughs> Bo! what the fuck are you doing <laughs> uh so like that really bothered me so like there's just a bunch of stuff in the movie that bothered me but i think the movie was really well done uh except for the lack of a like real overarching plot or a satisfying conclusion of that plot so that's why i'm giving it a seven and a half like i can't not deduct points for me hating it uh and i can't not deduct points for like it not being like a story so that's why it's getting a seven and a half russell so when i first finished watching it i was just like what the actual fuck oh yeah. and i kept i kept that thought for a little bit and then i kept thinking about the movie and i really haven't stopped thinking about this movie since i finished watching it yeah and I do want to watch it again. I will go ahead and rate it. Initially, after watching it, I, was, I wasn't going to rate it because I was like, I don't know what to rate it. I did sure. very much just lost. Right. Um, but the movie is definitely not forgettable. And I definitely think like people should watch it. So I definitely recommend it. I think the movie is done really well. Uh, I think it's interesting, and I, I just I I'm gonna have to watch it again, maybe a couple of times. Ugh. Um, and I did enjoy. So, like, I I don't know. I might be more of a masochist <laughs> than you, because I I did enjoy all of the feelings it induced. As much as outside of watching the movie, I don't enjoy having those feelings. Um, 
And I did kind of put myself in Bo's shoes, but I also was just kind of amused at everything happening to him. Sure. And then I also felt bad for him. But then I was also like, some of this shit is his fault because he's not doing anything. He's the most indecisive person I've ever, like... Yeah. Like, I don't even know if he, like, the whole movie just happens to him. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I see I see that in, like, other people's lives. And I, it drives me insane because I don't understand how they don't see that they're just letting life happen to them. You need to stop talking about me. I'm right here. So, well, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe to a degree, but even then I still know like people way worse. Like, yeah, no, it's sort of a joke. (laughs) And, (laughs) but, uh, so, so like that was interesting, but also frustrating. So I understand being frustrated while watching it, but like the movie like I can't say it, it. I can't say that it's bad because. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. I had all of those. Like I had all of that. It gave me all of that. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting perspective too to think about like how much his mother instilled all of this into him, whether it be through like the pharmac- pharmacology studies yeah. that we're like maybe assuming happened, um, is or it, whether is it nature, nurture, genetics, what. Like what caused all that? Yeah. Right. Like experimentation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so ultimately I think I'm going to give the movie a nine. Oh shit. Cause my only real issue is I, I, I think the balls and the penis monster and Parker Posey randomly dying with no explanation Uh like that. The closer we got to the end, the like I didn't need the whole movie explained, but can I give you like a weird explanation for that? Yeah. I think like, I don't think the movie is happening. Yeah. Right. Like all this, not all this stuff is happening to him. Right. I think it's literally like, except for him not dying when he comes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Brand new sentence. sentence. Yeah. Brand new sentence. Except for him not dying when he comes, like everything that he is terrified of in that moment happens. Yeah. Or worse, which might be why he doesn't die when he comes. She dies. Yeah. Like he has killer dick. Like actually. Yeah. Right. So like, you know, everything that happens is just the worst possible thing that could happen. So that's what makes me think it's just like, it's not real. So yeah. like the worst thing that could happen when he calls his mom is that somebody answers and says that she's dead and she's missing her head. But then when he gets there that he's already gone through that fear. So then the worst thing that could happen is she's not actually dead. She's just being his evil fucking manipulative mom. Yeah. And then watches him have sex with and kill Elaine yeah. with his dick and giant fucked up balls. <laughs> Like that's the worst possible thing that could happen is like he doesn't die because Elaine died instead and it terrifies him. And then his mom saw the whole thing. Yeah. Like that's what like makes me think that like a lot of like other than just like the crazy shit, like the dick monster and like the fast forwarding through time stuff like that. None of it actually happened. Like that. It's literally impossible for all this terrible shit to happen, but it's also like sort of predicted by like, it's all like, hard foreshadowed in at least in the beginning like it's yeah. like oh yeah hey there's the serial killer that like runs around naked 
and there's brown recluses in your building and like you don't have any water in the building like sometimes the water goes out and like the yeah. landlord's working on it but you have this this medication you have to take with water yeah and like you know it's all like hard foreshadowed which is more like he's going through seeing these things that aren't as scary as he's making them seem because the whole movie's in his perspective. Yeah. And then thinking about the thing actually happening. Yeah. Right. So that's, I think that's why she died. And like, because him dying would have ended the thing. Right. So it's more terrifying for her to die and for his mom to have been alive the whole time and see the whole thing happen. Yeah. And then show him his penis monster dad. <laughs> yeah. And Jeeves did not be dead and come back and his penis monster dad kills him. But yeah, like that's why I think she died. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. But. So you gave it a nine. I'm giving it a seven yeah. and a half. Dave actually sent in a email about yes, what he, he thought yep. uh, because he is not here today. He was not feeling. He was not feeling well. He is not. So Davey Meldus, and the subject is Bo and Dave are afraid. Dearest dudes. What is up, everyone? It's ya boy, Dave. Ya boy! And I wanted to send my thoughts to y'all about Bo is Afraid. First of all, I'm not going to pretend that I know what the hell is going on with this movie. That's fair. There was a point when I was watching, probably right around when the girl decided to drink paint, that I decided to stop trying to figure it all out. (laughs) And just enjoy it for what it is. A journey. To me, this is a tale. Kind of like Frodo's journey to drop the ring into Mount Doom. To me, this movie follows a mentally unwell man trying to get through all of, all of life's weird shit and trials. As someone that deals with mild, sometimes medium, and sometimes Diablo sauce anxiety, <laughs> there's parts in this movie that made me feel for Bo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a wild movie. Doesn't make the most sense. And kind of feels like someone told David Lynch to just do whatever for three hours. But I still really liked it. This movie isn't for everyone. And I don't normally like stuff like this. But I do like weird shit. And if you just embrace the weird, it's easier to watch and pretty enjoyable. If I were to rate this, I'd probably rate it an 8.5. It's not the best movie Ari Aster has done, but I did enjoy it, and I plan on, in time, watching this again. I, however, totally understand Shane hating it. Thanks, guys. (laughs) I I appreciate you guys understanding. All the love, Dave. Love you too, buddy. P.S. Feel better. We get to see Walking Phoenix's balls. (laughs) Hee hee. I hope they're actually that big so he can compete with the... Willem Dafoe is dude. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They're both going to die Confusing and someone's going to be like, what if we put his balls with his dick? Yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein's porn monster. Oh my God. All right. Well, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of DQP does where we talked about Ari Aster's a 24s. Bo is afraid. Next week, we are doing Midsummer. Midsummer. I've wanted to watch this for a while. I'm looking forward to it. 
This is a lot better. This Thank is a fucking movie. God. <laughs> Thank fucking God. Okay. I also love Florence Pugh, so <clears throat> call me. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. You can find us on all your social media by searching Drafty Quarters Productions. Uh, like, subscribe, hit the bell, watch the video, share it with your parents so they can be like, why are these guys talking about Willem Dafoe's dick and Joaquin Phoenix's balls? Um, you can also find us on Patreon by searching the same thing. Uh, we have a $1 tier, $1 a month. I know you can afford $1 a month. You know, unless you live in New York and pay 5k for a one bedroom apartment with your five roommates. Um, but, uh, we've got, our backlog is going up on there. We've got some stuff that's not, has never been in the regular rotation of, uh, of shows that's up there and there will just continue to be more stuff up there. So please go check that out. Um, we also have our Amazon wish list, uh, in the show notes for this, at least this show and for the DQP weekly. I want to thank, um, the, whoever has sent stuff to the house so far, <laughs> we got, we got some cool <laughs> stuff. Um, uh, listen to the DQP weekly about that. Uh, we talk a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, the, the Amazon wish list is in the, in the show notes. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, have a wonderful time. Goodbye. I'm not asking you to leave. I'm asking you to fucking drink this fucking paint with me.